This podcast is brought to you in part by The Pop Insider. The Pop Insider has all the latest in news, merch reviews, and other geeky goodness. Whether you're a wizard, a Sith Lord, or a superhero, fuel your fandom at thepopinsider.com. The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. Welcome to another episode of the New England Society of Geeks podcast. It's time once again for another episode of the, the monthly, monthly comics, comics cast. cast, which means, of course, that I have with me none other than the cosmic comic guru, Dario. What's up, Dario? Hey, everybody. And, of course, the infamous world's greatest sidekick, Paul. What's up, Paul? What's up, guys? Hope everybody's safe. Yes. I hope everybody is staying safe out there and being smart. All right. So let's get to it with our comic book reviews. And to start off the review process, I have a brandy new uh, little uh, instruction on how we do our reviews. So check this out. I know I promised it last episode, but I forgot to do it. But check this out. Warning, warning, warning. We here at the Monthly Comics Cast have our own special rating system based on the greatest weapon in all of comicdom, the The Infinity Infinity Gauntlet. Gauntlet. Starting with Zero, which would be a completely empty and useless gauntlet, going through the various stones, one through six, finished off by the greatest rating you could possibly get, a full Infinity Gauntlet. And of course, that would make four stones about average. So there you have it. Oh, and one more thing. We're probably going to spoil some things during our reviews. So uh, just make sure you keep that in mind. And if you don't want anything spoiled before you read the comic, then... uh Oh, spoiler alert. Okay, so there you go. There's our rating system in a nutshell. I love that. That's really good. Cool. <laughs> you like that? All right. Yeah. Um, so, which one of you guys would like to go first? I have only two things, so if you guys want me, I can go first. Sure. So, the first book I have is, as usual, a DC book. <laughs> and I chose the 100-page, wow. super spectacular 80th anniversary Green Lantern. So nice. DC's been putting out these uh, 80th anniversary books for their key characters that are coming up on anniversaries. Mm-hmm. So they did one for Catwoman, they did one for Joker, mm-hmm. they did one for Robin, they did one for Green Lantern. Did they do one for Wonder Woman, Paul? I think they did one for Wonder Woman. Yeah, they did. Um, sure. Yeah, yeah, they did. I think the next one's going to be The Flash. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I have to get that. So what they're doing is they're getting, they're getting, uh, you know, they're covering all the errors of the character they're all new stories and they're being written by you know writers popular writers or people that have uh, written 
like impactful story arcs for the character. Um, so for the Green Lantern one, there's see. Uh, there's a lot of creative teams on here, so I'm going to try and hit them one at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first, let's see, they, they do one story with Alan Scott. The second story mm-hmm. is with Hal Jordan. Mm-hmm. The third story is just on Sinestro. The fourth story is a Green Lantern, Green Arrow story. Mm-hmm. The fifth story is a Carl Rayner story. Then the next one is a Guy Gardner story. Mm-hmm. Then there's a John Stewart story. Then there's a group story involving Hal, John Stewart, Guy, and Kyle. And then there's a Jessica, Jessica Cruz story and a Simon Baez story. So they, they covered the gambit of all the characters that have been Green Lantern. Where's Nort? Years. No Nort? Surprisingly enough, he's only in the background in one of these stories. <laughs> oh, at least he's in the background. Uh, probably inside of a building in one of the backgrounds. So we don't really see him, but we all know he's probably in that building. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Along with all the other characters that we're not seeing. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> He's too busy. He's too busy chasing the squirrel, Green Lantern. <laughs> oh, yeah, Chip is that his name? Oh yeah. So let's see. I'll touch on each one of these stories a little bit. Sure. So the first story is uh, that involves uh, Alan Scott is written by James Tyron. The uh, is it, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I'm gonna say it's Tyron the fourth. The fourth. I thought Terry it was Frank's the artist. I thought it was Tinian, but I'm not sure. Yeah. You, no, you're probably right. I'm, Terrible at pronouncing people's last names. We know. And my name is impossible to pronounce, so I don't know why. I, don't <laughs> you know. I know. <laughs> so it's a short story. I believe it takes place shortly after Green Lantern has established himself as a hero. And basically it's about um, he's going to visit a woman um, whose name is Doris uh, Henton. And um, he, uh, he approaches the house and finds her on the front porch and asks if, uh, if she is the mother of... Of a boy named Jimmy or a man named Jimmy, and basically he goes to kind of apologize to her because he was um, on the same train as him. Now the the origin for Alan Scott is that um, he's on a train and it crashes, and on that train is the Green Lantern, and you know he reaches out to it and grabs it, and its power helps him survive, and you know turns him into a hero. But everybody else on the train dies, kind of like that unbreakable moment. Right. So he goes to her. They talk about Jimmy for a little while. We have a bit of a flashback where we see how, as uh, Jimmy lay dying in the wreckage, uh, he's trying to get Alan Scott to, you know, admit that he's better than what he thinks he is, and uh, that he should, you know, just try and try and survive, even though he's unscathed because of the lantern. And then we catch a glimpse of the, lan- of the lantern, and we see him uh, go and take down the uh, the racketeers that bombed the bridge because they were trying to you know, make money off of the train companies. So it's like his first adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to wrap the short story back up, he goes in the kind of you know, midst uh, the woman that, you know, he is Green Lantern um, and that his that her son was very important to him. And it's the first time, and um, I think that they've done this character in the mainstream DC universe where they're, they're basically making him uh, a, a gay hero. Um, when they did the Earth 2 story, like the Earth 2 series that came out a few years ago. Uh, it was an alternate universe, and they had made him a gay hero then. Uh, but now it looks like they're carrying it over into into the regular DC universe. So it's, I think it's pretty interesting. The art's beautiful, and uh, I just hope that they do more with this with this era. You know, I'm a huge fan of the Justice Society, so any time I get to see more of that, that era of heroes, I want to do that. The second story is Hal Jordan's story. And Jeff Johns writes it, and its uh, art- right. artist is Ian Rays. Um, nice. And that story is 
that story is really, really, really cool. Uh, I mean, I, I, I love pretty much everything Jeff John writes, but basically Hal Jordan crashes in this desolate wasteland and is unconscious for a period of time. He wakes up to find that his ring has got almost no charge left. Um, his ring is malfunctioning, so he can't figure out where he's at. He can't really remember what happened besides the fact that he was in a huge battle with the Sinestro Corps. Hmm. And uh, he's not sure if the atmosphere on the planet is going to sustain his life because he's surrounded by a you know a force bubble at all times. Right. So his ring starts going, doing the countdown and when it's going to run out of charge. And he's like, well, I think I'm going to die on this barren planet. I know I can't fly. There's no way that people can reach me. So he decides to send three messages out. So he sends his first message out to um, who did he send it out to? The core? Hold on, I gotta double check. Uh, I believe it was the core. Yeah, he sends it out to the core. Um, basically, he's asking for help. And then he says it's been an honor working with them. And then the second message he sends out to Batman. And the message to Batman is that Batman has inspired has inspired him and that Batman, you know, doesn't have anything besides his himself and his gadgets. And isn't that um, nice? And that and that even though Batman's yeah, like is nice. <laughs> a grim, dark personality, Hal's always looked up to him. And then the third message is to his uh to his girlfriend, um God I can't remember her name now. Carol Danvers? Mm-hmm. Uh, Carol. Yeah. Wait. Not Carol Danvers. Danvers. Right. It's Carol, but I can't Otherwise, she's uh, she's Star Sapphire, so he sends a message. His girlfriend's Miss Marvel. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, telling her that he loves her and that he, in that in that he's gonna miss her and that she's gonna she should stand strong uh, and that she can obviously because she's a strong person. And then his ring expires and he's like, "Oh, I can breathe." He's like, "Wait a minute!" And he runs over the he runs over the horizon and he looks and he sees Las Vegas. He's like, oh. <laughs> I'm on Earth. <laughs> and then he, he asked the ring if, they, if, he, if, he, if he, the ring can recall the messages, and it's like, no, no, I no. can't recall the messages. <laughs> yeah, because apo- she was trying to apologize to Carol for not ever saying I love you to her. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, you're right. And then um, in, in this burst in this, they have pinup pages of other Green Lanterns that they're not giving stories to. Oh, cool. Uh, um, and then the next story is a Sinestro story. I think I'm just going to summarize the rest of these stories. Um, the Sinestro story is him facing off against a Green Lantern on a planet, trying to convince him to join his core. And when he doesn't um, join his core, he basically kills him. But he doesn't do it. He 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 really like gives a real re- reasons why he should defect from the Green Lanterns and come over to the Yellow Lanterns. Oh, cool. Um, but ultimately, Sinestro being Sinestro mm-hmm. is like, well, if you're not if you if you if you're not gonna you know come over to my side, he just kills him. And the evil thing he does is that he follows that ring to the next guy. Oh, he tries, he tries to convince the next guy to join. Him. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, that's rough. <laughs> <laughs> um, the next story is a Green Lantern, uh, Green Arrow story that's written by Denny O'Neill and has art by Mike Grell. Oh, nice. And it's awesome. It's very timely. It's very. It's set. Yep in that era and all that. And uh, it's, it's, it's what you would expect. It's uh green arrow talking about those fat cats up in Washington that mm-hmm. are keeping them, you know, keeping the, 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 the regular man down <laughs> and that they need to protect everybody. Uh, but we find out that uh, Hal's been missing for uh, three months and green light is trying to figure out, I mean, green arrows trying to, trying to make him feel bad because he's been off, you know, apparently doing nothing for three months 
and while while he's been fighting crime here, and uh, Hal's like, well, you know, I I was off for three months because I was reading uh, Henry David Thoreau's book, and oh. is it Henry David Thoreau? I'm like, well, I don't even remember. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, uh, Walden was reading that book, and he was mm-hmm. trying to center himself and and you know kind of re- regain gain hope in what his cause is and after this whole big conversation that they have just driving around uh he convinces green arrow to do the same thing but instead of sending him out instead of going into out of space they get permission from superman for him to spend spend uh i think he only does three weeks or a month i think he just does a month he does a month in the fortress of solitude nice so that's how that one ends uh the next one is a calarena story uh written by ron meyer who was the creator of Carolina. Right. And yep. um, it, basically it's uh, just a kind of a love letter to him where he's mm-hmm. he's going to a warehouse to get all the um, stuff that Gardner had lying around from his warrior bar that he had on Earth. And he's going <laughs> to take it to Owa to help set up another bar mm-hmm. up there. But uh, as happens in many of these stories, um, a fight breaks out because they, they accidentally open up a piece of technology that was active and it turns into a giant robot and attacks him. And there's a warehouse worker there that he's been talking to this whole time. And he's like, oh, my God, my warehouse is going to burn down. Um, but a lot of it's like, like, how did you feel being a Green Lantern? And, and what was it like being the only guy before the, before the core came back? So it was a lot about his time as a Green Lantern. Then how did it feel to get a, punched in the nose by Batman that one time? <laughs> oh, no, that was Guy Gardner that got that, that got punched. Oh, I thought. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about Guy Gardner. Never mind. Uh, uh, I was, yeah, Kyle's a Kyle's a good guy. Right. Yeah. Likes. Yeah. Yeah. I get. Yeah. Never mind. Continue. So when, I say, when, I say, when I say everybody likes, I'm going to say not me. <laughs> <laughs> I was one of the people that turned that turned against the Green Lantern books when that when they changed them because it was such a abrupt like change to Hal. Right. He went from you know he he just, he just finished the the Reign of the Superman story. And he had helped Superman defeat, um, uh, God, what's the guy's name? Uh, uh, he's not Darkseid. He's the, the yellow guy that fights that fights Superman all the time. Mongo. Mongo. That's it. Yeah. He's fighting Mongol. And, and Mongo. Coast City got destroyed. And then they, they, obviously, Coast City getting destroyed was what drove Hal to be crazy. But it was so fast. It was like, boom, I'm going to kill all the Green Lanterns, take all the rings, and become a villain. So, but anyway, uh, the... Guy Gardner's story is pretty good. It's about a, a story of him bonding with Kilowog because it's Kilowog's birthday and he doesn't oh, want to celebrate it. I love Kilowog. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty good story. My um, favorite kind of cereal. And, and that was by Peter Tomasi, who wrote Green Lantern for a long time. Ah, uh, yes. Very cool. Then there's a, a John Stewart and um, Hot Girl story, which is written by mm. uh, Charlotte McDuffie and um, Chris Cross. Not the singer, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> You uh, and that's just a, it's a, it's a standard adventure of them fighting Dr. Polaris. I wasn't too impressed with that story, mm. um, but it was good to see Hawkgirl and John Stewart together again because of their time together on Justice League Unlimited. They right. focused on them. All. Yeah. Mm. Um, then the, one of my favorite stories in here is a, a story that takes place in the future. Um, you know, it's years from now. They don't say exactly when, uh, but it is. John Stewart, Hal, and Kyle all getting together at a bar called Hunter's Green and drinking some beers while the waitress is asking where um, where Guy is. And they say, Guy's, you know, Guy's, Guy's on his way. And they're reminiscing about their old times and about fighting 
Evil Star and, and Sinestro. And each story is about Guy, how they all got in these fights and Guy shows up and does this and Guy shows up <laughs> and does that. And then um, as the story goes on, we kind of you kind of get the feeling that Guy's probably dead. And when it ends, they all, they all uh, you know, do a toast to him. And then they go to his grave and they do a final toast to him. Um, they don't tell us how he died or any of that stuff, but it's kind of like a, what would happen years from now. Right. And I feel that doing that a lot in these, they're doing a lot of like, like forward looking because DC had this plan to do the four the five G thing where they were doing the generational thing. Oh, right. And they wanted to move the timeline ahead for a bunch of people. So I kind of feel like this is probably influenced by that. Um, the next story is, uh, with, what is her name again? Um, Jessica, Jessica Cruz. Cruz. Yeah. And it's Marco Tamaki is the writer. And it's a story about dealing with, um, um, uh, what's that syndrome that, that uh, people get when they're in the war? Oh, post-traumatic post stress. Yeah. Yeah. God, I keep forgetting everything these days. I'm getting older and older, and I don't know anything. Uh, that, you know, that's called case, senility. Yeah. That's when you're, you're right. Um <laughs> And her her thing is that because she was uh, you know basically part of a of a of a murder thing and she was the only survivor, so that's why she doesn't leave. Uh, but it's it's her trying to deal with that and being helped by John Stewart, which is a really good story. And then uh, the last one is uh, Simon Baez, and it basically just deals with him being a Green Lantern. Um, actually, now that I'm looking at it, for some reason I didn't read that story. I have to read this one. <laughs> that was yeah, already got to him. I stopped too. I know. Simon I, mean, Baez. I like his character. I don't know why I didn't read that one. Yeah. I don't. Simon Ky- Simon Baez is like is like my Kyle Reiner to you. Oh, is he? You know yeah. what I'm saying? I'll give that one a shot. Yeah, I like I'm this. not a big fan I of thought- his. Or Jessica Cruz, really. It's I don't know. I mean, Jessica Cruz, I mean, you got more than, you know, you got another female lantern. Yeah. You only had so many. True. Well, it's I cool. Mean, I mean, I think the only thing I don't like, like for her is I don't like her. I don't. I don't like her her um, symbol over the eye. I think that's kind of a chintzy costume <laughs> design. That's really the only thing I don't. I like her character a lot. I think it's good. I think it covers a lot of bases as far as uh, being able to expand on people's writing and all that. Whereas you said that she was like the only only survivor in in that situation. Yeah. If she ever met if she ever met with Alan Scott, they could relate and maybe help each other. You know, talk yeah. themselves. Yeah, the thing is, is that when she was around, when I, when, at least when I read Green Lantern, Hal was, Hal was nowhere to be seen. It's like he was gone mm. for like years. He wasn't even being used. Well, it seemed like he wanted, he didn't want to be anywhere on the on Earth because <laughs> he was felt like he was tied down there. Yeah, he was always, always, he was always supposed to be like adventurous, always pushing the, the limit to see what he can do and mm-hmm. how far his will can take him. Mm-hmm. When they said, nope, you're, you're here on Earth, and this is what you're going to do, and he goes, guess what? This is what I'm going to do, and if you don't like it, F you. Yeah. So well, I thought this was really good. Um, I bought the other I, – I bought a lot of the other 80th anniversary ones. Um, I really want to read the Catwoman one because the Tom King story where they kind of they kind of push their uh, – the, the Catwoman-Batman Bat, marriage well, forward, and they reveal right. they reveal that, yeah, that they had, they had uh, Huntress as their kid like they do in, the, in Earth 2. Yeah, uh, so I'm gonna read that one next, and I suspect they're gonna that that all the 80th anniversary stuff is probably gonna have something like that in it, but I don't know for sure. For sure. Right. The, so, um, what was that? I read I read Robin the Robin one. Mm-hmm. 
really wasn't impressed with it. Um, it is a really. surprise. I still got to read the Catwoman. Except for the Nightwing stories. Those were awesome. <laughs> Better than Spider-Man. Uh-huh. The Joker one, the Joker one, I was very disappointed in. You would think really? that they would really... I, it was nothing. It was like how he, you know... Oh, really? All the writing. Uh, huh. That's yep. a shame. Yeah, that's on my pile to read. I, some, I Somehow I accidentally bought two copies of that. I'm going through my stuff. I'm like, oh, I have two different covers. I don't know why. You know what? <laughs> Gee, you wonder why. Now you only get 10 covers per freaking <laughs> issue. Yeah, but I didn't. I, I'm not usually the kind of guy that buys multiple covers. I just buy the one I like, and I must have thought I didn't have. I've done that on occasion. Yeah. Right. Yeah, well, at yeah. least it's different was two, covers. There was two covers that I wanted uh, Greg Capullo and then the. Jim, the Jim Lee one. You were only only able to get one of them, right? I got one at one at your store, and then I had to buy the other one off of like Amazon. Yeah. So I really like this particular eighty-page giant. Um, I've said it before. I like one-off stories. I like I like books that people can pick up, read it, get a sense of the character, and just be done, and not to worry about missing out on a giant, um, on a a giant overarching storyline. What I don't like about it. Is the ten dollar price tag, or is it more? Than yeah, that? yeah. It's not worth ten. It's not worth ten dollars. Uh, I think it's worth ten dollars, but I think that not a lot of people want to spend ten dollars for it. I mean, no. I don't pay ten dollars for comics. The Green Lantern one, yes, I'll agree with you. The Green Lantern one was worth the ten dollars. Yeah. Well, like I said, the joke and Robin, they couldn't seven ninety nine yeah. if you're lucky. If I bought if I if I bought that and only liked one story out of the whole thing and I didn't like any of the other ones, I would that would be like feeling pretty dollars for it. But that since I liked every story in it, I feel like it was worth money. Um, so I think uh, if I'm going to rate this, um, the fact that it's, uh, the the price point in the comic is going to affect my rating. I think um, everything else I like about it. So I'm going to give this uh, a five. That's uh, still that. pretty good. Better than that. Better than that. Yeah. Uh, but. The fact that it's a ten dollar book kind of pulled back from it being any higher. Mm. I would have gave it a four, only because of the price. That's valid. Well, yeah, those are, those are both valid points. That's still, yeah, it's still an average, an average enough uh, review. Mm. So the next book I have to review is Image Comic, mm. and it is called All America Comics. And this is one of those ones that I just walked by on the shelf when I saw it, and I said, "That's different. I'm going to buy it." So mm-hmm. I grabbed it. Took it home and read it and see if I can find a creative team on this book. <laughs> Buried somewhere deep. Is it in the back of the book? Is it in the front of the book? Why wow, can front, they not the just always put it in the front? Is it on the third page? Is it on the fourth page? Here we go. Five, four pages in. One, two, three. No, I take that back. Three pages in. Uh, so John Casey is a writer. Dustin Nugan is the artist. N-G-U-Y-E-N. It's it's like uh, it's uh I used to know somebody with that last name and she, she told me how to say it. it's like new 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 it's weird. Uh Brad Simpson the is design and Russ Wooden is letters. And special thanks to Raphael uh Augustine. Hey, thanks, Raphael. Hey, good job, buddy. <laughs> so uh this character is about a superheroine named American uh, Vasquez, mm. and it is uh, a young girl who basically has flight, super strength. She's basically a supermanish type of character as far as powers. Um, 
She doesn't have a secret identity. She has a a Twitter account. God, I don't even know what all the social media things are. I sound like such an old guy. (laughs) 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 She's posting. uh, uh, She's either tweeting or posting in a blog or whatever. Uh, So we're reading. We're reading. You know her hashtag entries uh, interspersed between her action panels where she's fighting people and interacting with other characters. And uh, so there's a lot of that going on. It's set in the universe that is very much not Marvel, but is Marvel mm. because she's interacting with characters like, uh, what are their names here? Uh, Colonel, uh, Colonel Free, Thor, <laughs> because Thor's, Thor's not a licensed name. They can call anybody Thor. Right. Um, the Wraith, uh, WMD Man, Weapons of Mass Destruction Man, <laughs> who would be Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the Wraith is like the Vision, and uh, Colonel Free obviously is Captain America. Uh, yeah. Thor is a uh, Thor is a woman, so uh, and she makes a she makes a uh, she takes a jab at Thor, saying that uh, historically Thor is a guy, and Thor is like I am worthy to hold the fa- hammer, so I am Thor. So they do that whole, you know, he who can pick up the he who can pick up the hammer is worthy. Right. Thor. So uh, the story starts out with her fighting an evil doppelganger of herself, uh, defeating it and sending it back to its own dimension. Then the uh, characters that are obviously you know, um, supposed to be the, the Avengers show up and they try and convince her to join her team and she's like, oh, I'm not working with you guys. Uh, she calls them hash, uh, hashtag old heads. <laughs> so, uh, she, she goes on to do her own thing and basically she goes and she visits with a friend. Uh, she fights a a giant sentinel type robot that is being run, uh, being used by a character that's obviously Dr. Doom because mm-hmm. he's a guy wearing armor and is a uh, king of another country and mm-hmm. acts and talks just like Dr. Doom. But she takes him out pretty quickly. Uh, then she fights a guy that's obviously Dr. Octopus. And then, uh, and then um, I don't want to spoil it too much, but she ends up getting sucked into a different universe and kind of talking to some other characters that might be characters from another universe. Um, so I don't. This is I don't know if this is supposed to be an ongoing series or if it's a one shot. Uh, but I thought the art was really good. Uh, I thought the tongue, the tongue in cheek usage, usage of all the other companies' characters were pretty fun. Is it um, her, is it a comedy or is it just just like a tongue in cheek? It's like a tongue in cheek kind of thing. I mean, it's not a, it's not a comedy. It's a it's like a regular superhero comic that's mm-hmm. set in this different universe. Right. That has people that are somewhat like Captain America and Iron Man. Somewhat like, you know, son of Satan or whatever. Uh, right. <laughs> it's it, it's interesting, and I, I I just if it's going to be an ongoing book, I think it might be tough unless there's another major twist. Um, but it's a, it's a it's a book that uh, surprisingly sold out fast at my store. Really? Uh, some other people were for it. Yeah. Huh. Um, and if I didn't already mention it, it's put out by Image. I'm pretty sure. Let's double check. Yeah, it's put out by Image. So. Well, when I read that book, I'd only give that a four. Not because uh, I don't think it's outstanding, but it, it, it's uh, it's only an issue one. You know how I feel with issue ones. Mm-hmm. If, if a four to me is enough for me to try next the next issue. I might not collect it on a, on a regular basis for like the next two years, but I'm going to try and get the next issue and see how it goes. Hmm. And, you know, for all I know, it's going to only be like a miniseries. Right. But uh, based on the art and uh, the general humor of the book, um, I think it's really good. And worth you know people trying it out. 
So if you can, if you can find it, you might want to read it. Cool. Four stars or four gems, four stones, <laughs> four stones. All right, cool. So that's all you have, uh, Dario. That's all I have. Yeah. All right, Paul. Why don't you go ahead and take it? All right. I got uh, I got three. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna start off different. I'm gonna start off with an actual marble. It's a spider. It's a Spider-Man Sin Rising Prelude. Prelude by uh, Nick Spencer. Hmm. I use uh, Guillermo Dana. I'm butchering the names. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. That's a nice job. Names. Yep. Yep. And Bel Um, I actually like it. Hmm. I mean, I like Spider-Man. You know, I mean, he's not Nightwing, but you know, he's uh, better. Huh? Can you hold the cover up for a minute? Yeah, just because you got that up. Hey. Oh, I had to get water. Can you see that? Oh, okay. Sin, okay. Yep. Yep. This, um, this Sin's Rising Prelude. Um, not to give too much away. Um, it was pretty much an, a full detail of, of um, Sin Eater's origin. Whereas back in, what, the 80s and 90s, he... He showed up and they did this whole storyline, the death of Gene, Gene the Wolf. Gene the Wolf. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I went back and I read those issues because I missed them. Um, it was kind of it was kind of cool how with you're in a world where all your superhero all your villains are like criminal villains. You know what I'm saying? They're all either get some sort of superpower or they're super intelligent. Mm. You got this guy that comes comes along with a ski mask and a shotgun, and he like wipes out. He pretty much turns Spider Man's world upside down. Right. Yep. And you're saying, "Wow, it's like one guy that you know no powers, and look what he just did." Mm-hmm. But not to give anything away. I mean, it's tied in with the whole. It's starting to tie in with the whole current, um, the kindred, right story going kindred. on. Kindred. Mm-hmm. All right. Um. I just don't want to give away any spoilers. Um, but they start off, I mean, they had a flashback of what he did, you know, back in the eighties, mm-hmm. like pretty much a review of the, of the issues. Right. But they, they went, they started off before that when he was a kid, mm-hmm. the, the issues and then where, where it's going. And it was really, it was intriguing. I mean, not many Marvel villains other than doom. And Galactus and all them kept, you know, hold my interest. But this looked really, really good. Mm-hmm. I like to see what where they're gonna go with him this time. Mm. Um, I would give it, I would give it a four. Mm. Four gems. Cool. I don't know if Derek read this or not. If you want to throw some feed, I yeah. have not read it, <clears throat> but uh, I, it sounds like I might want to check it out. I've seen it. Yeah. It's, uh, that's a that's a. Pr- Prelude, right? Like, is there's another part that came out? I yeah, think yeah. Because I think this is helping getting them, getting like readers, the younger readers, caught up with who Sin Eater is, right? Because yeah. he's gonna be, he's gonna be the next branch of this whole mm. kindred story. Interesting. So I, think, I, saw, you know, I saw that they were bringing him back, and I, I remember reading uh, what about you know um, uh, the Gene the Wolf storyline, like who killed Gene. Gene the Wolf. I remember reading that, and that was reading Spider-Man back then, and her being such an important, like, supporting character for him. And then all of a sudden, she's right. just outright murdered by this character. Like, mm. 
it was a big right. deal when I was younger. I was like, holy crap, holy crap. Yeah, look, right, look, yeah. Look, <laughs> and it's like, well, Gene Wolfe was the, a police captain back then, okay, when yep. he was alive. Mm-hmm. Now, the police were never, have never officially closed the um, case. Except, except, no, the police haven't officially accepted Spider-Man as a good guy. Right. Okay, yeah. You know, the, the Flatfoots would say, yeah, you know, I don't care what J. Jonah Jameson says about him. He's all right in my book. And mm-hmm. that was it. Yeah. You don't see having the, having a press conference saying, yeah, he's going to be, he's going to be deputized to be, to be, a, uh, to work with us. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty kind of cool. And, um, like I said, I give it four star, uh, four gems. Hmm. That's good. I mean, how the, yeah, right. how the overall story is, because I'll try it. I'll try it when it all comes out. I haven't read okay. anything Spider-Man in a while, oh. so I'm, I'd like to get back into the into a title. I read Spider-Man every month. I love Spider-Man. I'm sure character. he loves you too. <laughs> I hope so. Considering <laughs> that you're one of the few that carry his carry his ratings. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think Spider-Man's probably a little more popular than your buddy Nightwing. There. Anyway, moving on. Not true. Yeah, I'm sure. What else you got? Next one. Can you see it? Oh yeah. All right, Snake Eyes. Yeah, I missed it. From uh, IDW. What is it? Dead again? Dead Eyes. Oh, Snake Eyes. Dead game. Dead game. (laughs) (laughs) Dead Eyes. Really? I know. I was like, what? What's in that water, there, (laughs) Dariel? Water. Um. For for number one, I like it. I was surprised. I was surprised there was any artwork from uh, Rob Leefield. Yeah, really? Cause, yeah, I know. I it's know. It's not terrible. I looked at that book. I think the art was okay. I, I mean, it's at it. Problem, it but... He's getting better at his feet. <laughs> he's getting better at drawing <laughs> at his feet. He's put a lot of work into drawing feet, and he's put a lot yep. of work into making people's chests not huge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he did. Uh, he draw the whole book. Yes, he he. Not only did he draw it, he wrote it. Uh, oh, he wrote it too. Oh, yeah. is that why? Is that why the opening scene is is is, is uh, a ninja fighting a god? <laughs> now I'm thinking I might skip well, it. <laughs> actually, that's um, actually that's the the bad guy. He's the fighting ninja? Thor actually god. in 782 that- AD. He's what? fighting yeah. he's fighting Thor. The bad uh, guy is. He, his oh. name is uh, oh okay. Is Grave Master the Grave Master? Grave Master is it spelled G R A V E or is it spelled like some other weird way? It's spelled G R A V Y. G R A V E. That's too bad. They already missed out on it. They could have used some other some other like hyphens or yeah. <laughs> they could have spelled it G hyphen R A V E. He had right. He must say. He must have had help on the story because it says scripts and dialogue. Wow! Had Bowers, he might have had the, the he might have had the concept, mm. and he got. They said, "All right, well, tell you what. Instead of you being Neil Adams, why don't you oh. work with one of our writers?" Yeah, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Yep. You guys know. <laughs> yeah, you do. Um, the inks were done by um, Adelso Corona. Mm. The letters by. And wood design and world design, the colors by um, Federico Blee, B L E E, 
and then just uh, the editor and all of unemployment people. <laughs> so, but I'm um, I'm actually impressed by his artwork. I mean, there's no no there's no massive cannon pistols. No, <laughs> are no there seventy two inch freaking chests? Are there a lot is of pouches? Guns, like, um, oh pouches. If you cut well on Snake Eyes utility belt. You could probably but get away with that, that a little bit more like, with Snake Eyes, but yeah. Right. But everybody else seems pretty much, you know. Hmm. Isn't there a G.I. Joe character whose name is Pouches? I don't. I, I'm not a, sure. I, I know you're seriously thinking about it. But... If, they were, if they were back in the 80s scrounging for names after they couldn't think of anything <laughs> after Tunnel Rat. Yeah, really. Or Chuckles. Yeah. Or Balboa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, what it was, all it started. It started with a story where um, they de- decoded. They got this transmission from an old inc- encrypted code, mm. and it, it pretty much it had uh, uh, trigger words, Ooh. and it said, "Joe brings snake eyes," and that was it. Mm. So, so they had he had a hand up. He ended up having to go to um um. Norway, Scandinavia, mm-hmm. and they hook, they goes in one way, and then I guess the Joe team came from another way, and they met up after they broke into the compound. Mm-hmm. They thought it was Cobra, but it wasn't. It was something else, like like militia, mm-hmm. high tech, well paid militia, mm-hmm. and Roblox there and Scarlet's yeah, and. They said, well, we, we broke down all the, you know, we cleared out all the levels, so our target's got to be behind this wall. We open up the door, and it's like, he's supposed to be like the original G.I. Joe. It's uh, yeah. Joseph Colton, General Colton. Yeah. And he, and he told him, that, you know, he was abducted in Cairo, and he was he had a breakdown. He had a decrypt this old scroll that tells about the grave master. And his his up and coming, you know, when he's coming next. Mm-hmm. So they're pretty much gonna have to now. They're on, like on the they're on the trail of finding the grave master. Mm. So I mean, they they fought Snake Eyes fought him, but then like all of nowhere he like disappears or whatever. And now they gotta go hunt him down again. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So, um, um, I have to. I uh, this is gonna hurt me more than anything. I <laughs> actually like Rod Leefield's artwork. Wow. Hey, I looked at that book. That looked pretty good, too. It only took the guy 30 years to get with the program, all right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, really. I wonder if maybe the inker helped a lot on that. I I would have to say yes. (laughs) For those 30 years that he busted his butt to recorrect all his screw-ups, I give it three stars, three gems. Wow. We'll see where issue two goes. It's a little below average, but that's higher than a two. Mm. Better than a, better than an empty god. Rob Refield. Yeah, okay. that's that's good for Rob Liefeld. I am grading on the curve. Yeah, okay? no kidding. <laughs> I still think I might skip that one. <laughs> Either that, or Refield comes out and trade paperback. Maybe buy it that way. That only if it. Yeah, <laughs> I have a, I have a Rom comic where Layfield drew Rom uh, on the cover. So I mean, why not? <laughs> yeah. And how oh, weird did that look? Still got, just, just a square head in oven mitts. Don't, don't make me break out Youngblood's number one. Oh, no. 
Oh no, is it Shaft and Die Hard and Bedrock? <laughs> yes, because you know what? In Vogue is money, no matter how bad the story is, if I'm gonna spend it, I'm gonna keep it till the day I die. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't do anything else with it now. Nobody's gonna no, wanna buy it. Just wait for that Netflix show. Well, you know, if we go back if we go to if we go to the second phase and we have to go back to holding toilet paper, I know you know, I can do that. <laughs> good point. Good point. All right. Um, What's your third book? My, my third one is... Dario probably already took a look at it. Can you see it? Batman, Batman 95? No, yeah, I have I not. I have that, but I haven't read it yet. So that's all right. Go ahead, all and, right. Go ahead and spoil it for me. I ain't going to spoil nothing for you. It's uh, Tiny on... Is it Tiny on... Flower, Tinian Four, T Y N I O N. I think it's Tinian. It could be yeah, wrong. I could be wrong. Or I've then Jimenez, uh, George Jimenez, George Jimenez, Jimenez, Jimenez. My bad. And Maury that, put, that did this. Mm. Um, I'm not gonna say nothing about the book since you guys right. didn't read it. Good job. Congratulations. Hey. I'm not gonna say nothing. Well, tell us a so, little bit about what it. Well, well, I won't say nothing until after we're on the air, and it's just the three of us. Well, I don't want to um, know then. <laughs> I like. Well, too bad. The um, I too have to admit, I like punchline a lot better than I like Howie Quinn. Like what? Really? Punchline. Now is this? Is this? Oh, really? This wasn't Punchline's first appearance, was well, it? Everybody's trying. Everybody's trying to try to make her into a to a hero now. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, where she was a psychic to a villain, and she's more psychotic, closer to Joker than Harley ever was. Mm. I mean, Harley did Harley Quinn was nothing but a punching bag for the Joker. And can we all punch, agree on that? Punchline's vote on that, right? Uh, yeah. Um. Well, she was in a a couple issues before this. Mm. Yeah, I read her origins. or like you know, they were just cameos, really. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna, I'll let you guys read it, and if you wanted to discuss it next time, because it'll be in a couple okay. months. So, couple without, of so, without talking about it, what's your review? <laughs> All right. Well, we've established five. you like Punchline. Wow, a five. five. All right. Five so Infinity like, Stones. That's dangling a carrot. That's dangling a carrot in front of me. You're gonna tell me this. You're gonna say, "Oh, that ain't the right reading." So I want to. It is if you want it. If you think it, if you feel like it's a six or a full gauntlet, that's your choice. Doesn't matter what we think. It's all right. Let me let me say this way: if they do it right without doing all hype bullshit like they did in the past eighty years, Mm. the five is could be could be evolved into a six. Uh-huh. Maybe a full gauntlet. Uh-huh. It, it was a very good issue. Now I can't wait to read it. Yeah, you know what? I wasn't going to read it, but now I'm going to have to read it. So congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So that's and a, that's the last of my reviews. That's a all pretty right, big one there. All right. So I, too, have three books to review. And... uh I will start off with uh, 
Spider Woman number one, which I have a variant oh, yeah. cover. Um, and it is written by Carla Pacheco, um, draw, drawn by Pear Perez. Um, color artist is Frank D. Armada. And um, it also has a, ba- a little backup story in the back written by Carla Pacheco and drawn by Paolo Sequera and inked by Oren Jr. and colors Frank D'Armada. And the letter, letterer for both is uh, VC's Travis Lanham. And uh, I like this. The backup story is called New Costume. Who dis? Nice. <laughs> so you read this, right, Paul? I'm halfway through it. Okay. When you- you said you wanted to review it. I figured, all right, then I'll read it after. But it's all you, bud. Okay, cool. So, um, the issue starts off with Spider-Woman in the middle of a fight. So, it starts off with some good action. And she's fighting some typical, some some thugs. Um, and uh, you can see she has a new costume on, which instead of the red and yellow and white costume... Uh, she has this new kind of darker, kind of um, almost on the same color scheme as Miles Morales, Spider-Man. Yeah, you know, you're right. I didn't think of that. I know I'm right. And um, yeah. <laughs> and then you find out that uh, that she's actually she's actually on a yacht yes. and she has been hired to be the uh, the bodyguard on. Uh, on the yacht, and they're throwing a big uh, party, a Sweet 16 party for somebody named Rebecca. And so everybody on the yacht is dressed up as their favorite superhero, um, and everybody's asking her, who are you supposed to be? And she's, she just keeps saying, I'm Spider-Woman. And uh, you find out that the people she was fighting are trying to kidnap uh, the young girl, Rebecca, who apparently... There are a lot of people, she gets a lot of attempts, she gets a lot of people attempting to kidnap her, <laughs> according to this story. Um, so she fights, she fights the thugs, um, there's a moment where she takes the, the, the girl Rebecca gets a new car from her daddy, and she takes a new car and drives it off the yacht, so right there, that's a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, nice. so basically the whole first issue is a great um, a great issue of her just in the middle of action, doing her thing, fighting off these thugs, some of them in a helicopter and all this cool stuff. There's some nice little bits of humor. Um, and uh, it's all pretty cool. And then at the end of the issue, after she's done fighting, uh, she starts feeling sick. And uh, all of a sudden, Everybody's saying, are you okay? And she starts vomiting this bright green fluid all over the place. And then... uh, So she can't hold her alcohol on the seat. (laughs) I I don't know. If this is alcohol, then I don't know what she is drinking. But anyway, this is like glow-in-the-dark. It's like glow-in-the-dark green. Glow-in-the-dark what? It's like glow-in-the-dark green colored liquid that she's throwing up. And... um. And then it's cool at at the end of the issue, they they say, uh, "Do you need a doctor?" And she says, "No, I need a nurse." And then it says, "Next, the night nurse. We'll see you now." 
<laughs> so, oh, I knew you were going to say Night Nurse. <laughs> yep. And then, of course, the the uh, the backup story is a little a fun little story of how she got her new costume. And uh, she goes to visit this place called Big Ronnie's Custom Battle Spandex to get a new costume. <laughs> and uh, is a uh, let me see here. Show you here is. Can you see that? Yeah, that's her new costume. Like it looks pretty cool. I gotta say. Yeah. I mean, I've always been a fan yeah. of her old costume, but this one's pretty cool. I like it. Um, so there you go. Oh, it's it says you here. Know, it I says. Why, I know why. Hmm? I know why they keep trying to change her costume. Like her original costume is awesome, but basically it's like a stripper costume. It looks like it's just painted on. <laughs> yeah, really. I know, that's, that's, but that's what I like. That's why. That's why they tried to give her the jacket. Yeah, <laughs> like they tried to give her the latex and like the same like the sunglasses but that was a terrible costume right but what's funny is they show here on on the last page they show a preview for the next issue and at the bottom it says yeah. uh it says basically it's coming out 4 15 20 so april 15th <laughs> <laughs> whoops <laughs> it didn't happen it's but not, it's not even out yet yeah exactly number, but um actually number two is already out yeah number no number two, two just came out. yeah number two just came out didn't it yeah I haven't either, had a chance to read it yet. This week. Yeah, I think it was last week. I haven't had a chance yeah, to read it yet. But I gotta say, so um, with this one, I mean, I'm a I'm a fan of Spider Woman in general. I like her character. She's pretty cool, um, even with the new costume. And the issue was fun. It was a great start. It just jumped right into things. So you know, there was mm-hmm. no setup or any of that junk. Um, the setup was told kind of in between punches, which was great. So I'm going to give it a five. I thought it was really good. good. Excellent. I'm really looking forward to, to reading this this series. Again, like I said, I love Spider-Woman. So there mm-hmm. you go. A five. If you are a fan of Spider-Woman. Yeah, but then... you're excited. You're, expi- you're excited to read Peter Porker. So, I mean, anything Spider-Man related, you're going to read in the... You're gonna, you're gonna give it a high mark. I can honestly There's no say, problem with Peter Porker. I can honestly say that's not true. I'm kind of lukewarm on on Spider Ham. He's okay, but <clears throat> all right. So, well, if you don't like Spider Woman, then you probably won't like the issue. But that's your problem, not mine. <laughs> all right. <laughs> So next up is a book. Actually, it's a it's a book that I think I don't even know when it came out. It was supposed to have come out a while ago, but I think the with the COVID nineteen it got pushed back. But I think I'm just doing issue number one of this one. But I think at least one or two other issues have come out. But this is one I wanted to do, um, and this is Strange Academy number one. From- so that book came out months and months and months ago in issue two. You just came out last week. Right, yeah. So so I am finally going to get to review it. And where is... Okay, here we go. So Strange Academy, number one, it's by Marvel. Um, and it was written by Scotty Young. Um, the artist is Umberto Ramos, who I love. Um, El- Edgar Delgado is the color artist. And VC's Clayton Cowles is the letterer. So basically, Strange Academy is a new school for the magic users of 
the Marvel Universe. So think of it as an uh, an actually cool version of Harry Potter. And it starts out with this young girl who has these strange powers. And um, it's, the first couple panels are her growing up, being able to do these weird things, like make things levitate and all this stuff. And, um, and then it kind of culminates in her, uh, her dog. She's walking her dog and her dog kind of breaks off his leash and gets hit by a car and, uh, is injured. And she manages to use her special power to heal her dog and make it, uh, back to normal. And then it shows a little bit more of her growing up until one day she is sitting with her dog by a tree. And all of a sudden, the tree comes alive and attacks her, which is pretty cool. And um, so she's, she's kind of just randomly doing random magic things at the tree because she doesn't know what she's doing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, she is approached by somebody who helps her out. And the person who helps her out is, um, well... Her name is, is Zelma Stanton, and I don't know if either of you guys have been reading Doctor Strange at all in the last few years. No, not really. Nope. Oh, is, she the, is she the girl that lives in his house now? Yes. She's the magic yeah. librarian. So, oh, so she's one of the Does she have eyes in, there, in, the, in the back of her head, too, or something like that? Um, Maybe? No, I'm not she, sure about that. No, she, uh, she, I think she, when she, she first meets Doctor Strange, like a demon attaches to her. But I don't think it's there anymore, actually. No. Yeah, I think it isn't anymore, yeah. Um, but anyway, so she comes and she tells her parents about this school, or, you know, the school of magic called Strange Academy. And, you know, they're like, what? So she convinces, <laughs> she convinces them to let her join the academy. So then she brings her to the academy, which is this beautiful mansion in Louisiana, that's kind of hidden among the city through magic. And uh, here is a look at that. A nice little splash page. Oh, that's cool. Very nice. Yeah. Um, I bet you Gambit knows where it is. <laughs> he, he might. He very well might. Um, and then the, the rest of the issue is kind of an introduction to the rest of the cast, the rest of the students, um, which is isn't really... One, hmm? Isn't one of the... St- isn't one of the students like a frost giant? Yes, as a matter of fact, uh, at the top right there, I don't know if you can see that. Yeah. That is a frost giant who is so big that he can't actually go into the actual academy. So the students consist of some interesting um, kids, uh, a frost giant, a couple of kids from Asgard, um, a fairy. Um, and the son of Dormammu. That's who it is. Is the son of Dormammu? Yep. Dormammu. Dormammu. And you find out that the school is run. The headmaster of the school um, is uh, Brother Voodoo. Or is it Dr. Voodoo? I can't remember. I can never remember. Brother Voodoo. Uh, yeah, Brother Voodoo. Dr. Voodoo. Dr. Voodoo. Brother Voodoo. Voodoo Voodoo. Yeah, well, he has a doctorate, I think. He became Dr. Voodoo for a while. Oh, the Sorcerer Supreme, but it's Brother Voodoo. Right. Yeah, right. That's right. He is Brother Voodoo now. And uh, Brother Voodoo takes him around, shows him around the school and stuff. 
Oh, yeah, and there is a creature that comes from Weird World. Remember Weird World? Yeah. yeah. Is it a little elf character? No, it's it's like a swamp thing creature. Or like a swamp creature. Like a man thing kind of creature. But not quite. man thing? It's not man thing. Well, no, but... wonder he, no wonder he likes it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so there's some cool, you know, there's some cool rivalry stuff happening with the son of Dormammu and everything and the kids from Asgard and all that. Um, and there's a, uh, there's a character named despair who, who is a demon from limbo mm. and she can see, uh, the dark, painful, desperate side of all things at all times. So she's a bit emo. Yeah. So she's just a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> and it's kind of, it's, you know, it's a fun little book about, you know, it's it's kind of like the the old X Men books when they were young, but this is about the cool magicians side, the the magic side of the Marvel universe, which I love. That's cool. So it's, I, I can see them. I, I can see them having a school rivalry with Professor Professor X's school. Yeah, that would be I was fun. Say, it's probably it's like it's like Xavier's Academy for Magic Users. <laughs> yeah. Well, sort of, but it's Strange's Academy for Magic Users. Um. So in addition, I just hmm? seen that the academy, the academy, not uh, the Catalan between <laughs> these two schools. Yeah, really. <laughs> so uh, in addition to Brother Voodoo and Zelma, um, you have for teachers, you have the ancient one. So uh, you pretty much can't do better than that. The old man or the or the, or the lady from the movies. Oh no, the old man. <laughs> okay, that's cool. And then, um, Baron Mordo is either there? No, he is not there. Um, you have the mindful one who I don't know if you guys are familiar with the mindful one, but no, he is. No. Do you know the mindless ones? Yeah, okay, is no. he a smart one of those. He is a smart version of those, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, um, some of the other teachers are, of course, Hellstrom, um, oh, that's uh, Nico Monaru. From from uh um, oh, from the runaways? Yep, from the runaways. She's a teacher? She's a teacher, yeah. He is now. Come on. She long is way. now, yeah. Um Scarlet Those Witch, who of can't course. Do teach. <laughs> That's right, yeah. You know you gotta have the Scarlet Witch. Um Magic, yeah. also from the X Men. Yeah. And uh and Shaman. No magic, that's Oh, that's cool. Oh, from Alpha Flight. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Magic. Isn't she from uh isn't she? Colossus's sister. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. And then um, very powerful. She actually had been trained by Doctor Strange to take uh, uh, to take her place in the future if needed to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then after they get introduced to all of the teachers, um, <clears throat> somebody says, uh, "Where's Doctor Strange? Is in this his academy?" And Brother Voodoo says, "That's a good question. Where is Doctor Strange?" And all of a sudden, Doctor Strange ap- appears in the middle of a fight with some kind of crazy interdimensional demon thing, and uh, everybody's like, "It's it's him! It's Doctor Strange!" And he <laughs> and he says, "Yes, it's me." <laughs> and he says, "But it won't be for long if I don't get a little assistance." <laughs> and he says, "Who wants to have a little fun on their first day of school?" And all the students raise their hands, and he's like, "All right, kids, let's go!" And they all fight this inter dimensional demon thing and uh then they it explodes and they all get covered in pink goo 
And uh, it's a great first date. I needed to say that. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Nice. And then... um, Now, hmm? if I could just ask, whatever happened to Clea? No one knows. Well, I don't know. No, she recently made a reappearance, um, but she is... I mean, they, they split up years ago, her and Doctor Strange, so she's off in other dimensions doing other things, fighting other dimensional creatures of her own so she's a son i mean she's a daughter of domamu so that, that so that means that's her little brother on the team uh i would guess so yes maybe a step step brother probably yeah so then the final page is this cool after they have their fight um dr strange gives this cool little speech he says you know uh you're gonna learn some magic here things will be sometimes things will be tough sometimes Things will be fun. Sometimes you'll see some crazy stuff, all this stuff. And then he says, um, either way, soak it all in, have fun, and most of all, try not to die. <laughs> so, um, and then what's fun is af- at the end, the last page right here, there's this fun little thing that you could fill out yourself if you want. It's a Strange Academy application form. That's cool. <laughs> and That's it has... Cool. You know, it has your name, your alias, your address, uh, first experience with magic, greatest weakness, notable magic feat. And it says, um, if Dormammu isn't levitating a quarter, 30 centimeters above your desk, and you cast a deflection spell correctly, how many rabbits should appear? (laughs) (laughs) So... Um, 72. <laughs> so this is a fun, this was a fun book. I've been looking forward to reading it. I personally am a big fan of the magic side of the Marvel universe. I love all of them, even brother voodoo. Um, so this, for me, this is, this is going to be really cool and I'm really looking forward to reading it. And this, I will actually give, uh, six stones. Ooh. Yeah. It sounded, it sounds really good. Yeah. Oh, you're getting all willy nilly with the stones over there. There, but <laughs> five, well, the, six. These were both good first you issues. Come up with the seventh. <laughs> the seventh is the full gauntlet. Okay, then you'll come up with an eighth. An eighth is an item more powerful than the gauntlet. Yes. <laughs> the um, evil eye. <laughs> the evil eye. <laughs> the, the infinity evil eye. necktie. <laughs> The Ayamoromoto. <laughs> the Wand of Watoom. <laughs> yes. The Wand of Watoom. All right. Um, so my third and final book is something that uh, Dario pointed out to me. And, and I was th- supposed to read it with him, but I forgot. Yeah, sure. And this is, uh, this is from a company I've never heard from called Ablaze. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Ablaze yeah, Comics. And it is called The Sumerian Red Nails. And uh, here's the cover. I love that cover. Yeah, that's a good cover. And it says at the top, Robert E. Howard's Savage Hero Uncensored. So, um, before we start, Dario, why don't you give the spiel on this book that you gave me? So basically, Conan is not a copyrighted uh, title. So... People can put out anything from him, but Marvel has the rights to use Conan 
uh, on the cover of a book. So right. this company just decided to write to, to, to put out their own their own uh, adaptation of Red Nails. Mm-hmm. Now I think on the inside it says it's as true as it can be to the original writing. Uh, I yes, know. I believe it says that. Yeah, unfortunately well, cool. I didn't read it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they can refer to Conan by name all they want inside the book, but Which on the they cover they can't, they, can't, they can't do that. It has yeah. to be just right. Sumerian on the cover. Right. Um, and this is taken straight from the story, Red Nails. Uh, and Ripped it, right from the headlines. Right from the headlines. And it says, uh, <laughs> basically on the inside cover, there's a little spiel that says, Robert E. Howard's Conan first appeared in the pages of Pulp Magazines in the 1930s. Uh, he contributed 17 Conan stories to Weird Tales magazine from 1932 to 1936. Through these stories, we see Robert E. Howard's savage hero take shape. So this book is written by uh, Regis Hautier, um, adapted from the works of Robert E. Howard. The artists are Olivier Vitin. I think this must be a French book. Um, Didier Cassegrain, and the letterer is Desi Cienti. And I have to say, the artwork on this book is fantastic. Um, it yeah. looks really good. I've looked, I've looked up that artist online and seen some of their other work. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. And it starts, the story starts off um, with, with Conan in the Darfar region. Um, and it is almost entirely covered by a huge forest, and uh, he decides to become a mercenary for a while, of course, promising his sword to the highest bidder, and then he meets up with the fierce female warrior Valeria, and um, so the book starts off with Valeria meeting up with Conan, and uh, of course, at first, she's pointing her sword at Conan, until suddenly... They hear a loud roar, and they find out that the roar is from some kind of weird dinosaur creature. Um, Trying to find a good shot of it here to show you guys. So, if you look at the bottom panel right there, I don't know if you can Mm -hmm. see that. It is some kind of weird dinosaur-type creature. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, when the creature comes after them, they take to the hills. And they run up to the highest point they can get to. And they realize that the dinosaur is not going to go away. It's just going to sit there and wait for them to either uh, get hungry or thirsty and uh, come come down to get food and water. So they decide to try to sneak away from the monster. And Conan tries to distract it and almost gets eaten by the monster. Except he does this really cool move where he runs towards the creature and he kind of slides underneath it and he cuts it wide open in its stomach, thereby killing the creature. But, of course, you know, in the process, they saw a city off in the distance, a strange stone city. So they go off to the city to find some people to help them with their dinosaur issue. And they find out that the city is abandoned. And so uh, Valeria decides to stay in one spot and get some rest, while Conan decides to go off and explore the area they're in. 
Um, they enter a temple, and Valeria finds some skinny guy in a loincloth just sitting there, and suddenly he gets attacked by a, a guy with a glowing head, and Valeria kills the guy, and uh, basically she tells the little guy that uh, they're kind of lost and confused because the city... they. The temple they entered is huge and gigantic, and they can't find a way out of it. So the little guy mm-hmm. decides to help them find a way out of it. And basically, um, that's where the book leaves off. That's where I'm gonna. That's where I'm gonna leave off with my review. I'm not gonna tell you any more than that. Um, but um, so basically, what I'll say about the book is it is a Conan story. It's not a Marvel Conan story. So, you know, he's not going to come to the future and meet up with the Punisher and Moon Knight and stuff. But, you know, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thank but, God. <laughs> this is more this is more akin to the original stories. So with that being said, and with the artwork and everything, um, it was pretty good for a first issue. Uh and I'm kind of looking forward to seeing where they go with it. I personally have never read any of the Conan original stories, so mm-hmm. it's it's a new thing for me. So I'm going to give that issue a I four. Bought a collection of his early, early pulp stuff. What? Oh, a four? Yeah. I said I bought a collection of his early pulp stuff, and, intending to read it, but I haven't gotten around to it yet. Cool. Um, yeah, I'm going to give it a four. I liked it, but it was a first issue. It was the beginning of the story. Um, the artwork is beautiful. But, and I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes with it. I'm sure the score will improve. Red Nails, Red Nails I've been told multiple times, is a really great story. So oh. the, the one that Marvel put out years ago is well-rated. Um, so hopefully this one will be just as good. Excellent. I am looking forward to continuing it. I, don't, I think I'm going to have to put it on my sub list, though. I don't think I did. Um, so there you go. Yeah, yeah. I gotta... That's my reviews. Cool. Excellent. So that's it for our reviews for this week, this month. So let us just touch on a couple of quick little stories before we end the episode. And the first thing I want to touch on is um, it looks like as of the time of this recording, the Harley Quinn animated series has been moved to HBO Max. So and I have HBO Max. So I'm looking forward to finally yeah, getting to see it. I, do you have it now, or are you still waiting? I, well, I have it. I don't have it on my cable yet, but I have access to it on, like, my computer and stuff, if I want to check it out. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. And I have it for free, because I get HBO on my Comcast cable, which is pretty cool. But, um, so I'm, I'm happy that it's, it's on HBO Max, but uh, that leads me to uh, what you had said earlier, Dario. And that uh, it looks like the DC Universe app is uh, on its deathbed. Yeah, I, it, it, they haven't made any announcement yet. Besides, but they have changed their pricing. They're no longer they're no longer doing pricing outside of a monthly uh, a monthly thing. I think mm. um, uh, you can't pay for a full year ahead of time. Right. Um, and it, all the all the chatter is, is that it's not gonna it'll it'll go to the end of the year and then it'll probably change into. I'm hoping that they'll keep it for comics. Right. Um, That's what I was I wondering. Yeah. What they're gonna do? But I, I, I read a lot of the older comics for them on there, and I, 
I actually watch a lot of the video. I watch, mm. like, if I'm doing nothing, like on a Saturday morning, and I'm just trying to do some work on my computer, I'll put on Super Friends just so I can be a kid again. Oh right. You know, I don't. Have, <laughs> I don't have to watch it. I can just listen to it and enjoy it while I'm doing something else. So um, I'm I'm a little bummed out. I mean, I I get it. I know what's going on. But uh, right. Swamp Thing is going to CW. We knew that. But they're not doing anything new, uh, right? Stargirl is going to CW. What's that? They're not. Are they doing any new Swamp Thing, or is it still just that first they're gonna, season? They're going to show season one. Yeah, and I think they're going to show season one and then and then see if it, it maybe can get picked up for a second season. Right, right. Stargirl, you know, is uh, is is on CW now, and it's going to remain on CW. Mm-hmm. Um, then uh, Doom Patrol is on 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 HBO. Right, and Harley like Doom Patrol is really good. Um, I only watched a few episodes of season two. Um, Harley, I've watched both seasons of Harley. It's amazing. Mm. So funny. Uh, yeah, I want to check so it out. So funny. Did they carry Coco do the voice for Harley that? Quinn? Yeah. Ah, uh, Coco mm-hmm. from yeah, Big Bang does the voice. Or- yep. Yeah, she does a great That's job. Cool. There's a lot of there's a lot of really famous voices on that cartoon. Um, the guy that uh, did you ever watch uh, the Brave and the Bold cartoon? Yeah, yeah. So I have it on DVD. The guy, the guy who was the voice of Batman on on the Brave and the Bold, does the voice of Batman on this. Oh, um, oh, that's um, cool. Yeah, Diedrich Bader. He's the guy that was on um, that was on uh, uh, the Drew Carey show. Yeah, Diedrich Bader. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He does a great job. Oh, I think cool. his voice is me. I mean, he's not. He's not. Kevin Conroy, but his voice is really good. Wow, well, yeah. Nobody's Kevin Conroy. Um, so do you think the DC Universe app will become more like the Marvel Unlimited app then? And just be like strictly comic books? Yeah, I would. Um, I, in fact, I, I'm at a point now where I think I don't need the Marvel app. I use the DC app more than anything else. Like, I, I hold on to the Marvel app because every once in a while I feel like reading old Marvel stuff, but I don't know if it's worth what I'm paying for it. Mm. I mean, at least I get my, my money's worth out of the DC app. So, and that's why I never got it because I probably would not. <laughs> right. I mean, if, yeah. I mean, I, I I read a lot of older stuff on the DC one and the Marvel one. It's only every once in a while. It's like, oh, I feel like reading, uh, you know, the quarterback saga. I don't. I've never read that. How am I going to get that? I'm going to get that because I have the Marvel apps. Right. So why 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 did you had to bring that up again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, so what I was wondering, uh, hmm? what I was wondering is that Wild Stallion T-shirt is that like a cover band to Bell Bowler or what? What he's talking about my t-shirt. t-shirt? Wild Stallions? You don't Wild know Wild Stallions? Stallions? No. Nope. Oh, you know uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Ah, uh, okay. Come on, so, man. I got you know, <laughs> on the back, it's got it's got all the tour dates and all the uh, all the all the guys that are on it, like. He- Lincoln and and uh, and Joan of Arc and all those people. So it's great. Awesome. <laughs> but you know, I you, bring up, you bring you bring up Rocky. Uh, there's a toy. There's a, there's a toy line that puts out like six inch action figures of like all kinds of stuff. Yeah, like, they're real you know, cheesy. They're all cheesy made, right? Yeah, well, they made like the original ones. They're not, they're not you know, they're not like the super expensive toys. They're made to be like the ones that we collect right. as kids. Oh yeah. Right? Okay, yeah. But they just. They just did one of the uh, the robot that Rocky buys Paul. 
playing Rocky <laughs> Rocky Three. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. It's like the most embarrassing scene in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So continuing on with Every our. Once in a while, I remember when I was. Go ahead. No, go you ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. I was say when I was in college, I was talking to a buddy of mine about Rocky Three, and then he just he just looked at me and he goes. You mean the one where Rocky bought Polly a robot? Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, actually, was that four? That was four. Rocky no. three was him against was him against Mister T. Yeah, so against Mister T. Four was yeah. against the Russian. Yeah, yeah, that was in four. Dolph Lundgren, also known right, as so Heeman and Punisher, in a really <laughs> weird Punisher movie. That anyway. So, moving on to our next story, let's talk a little bit about the. Upcoming Three Jokers storyline, which, first of all, I will say one thing. I don't like it based on <laughs> the fact that there are three Jokers. I don't like it. No, we don't know that now, yet. I don't like it. They, they kind of hinted, didn't they hint that during, during the, um, the button? That uh, it was during war. the Dark Side War. It was during the, during the Dark Side War back, way back when, like probably five years ago. Justice League Batman, number 50. It was in Justice League yeah. number 50. That man sits in the Mobius chair and asks who, what Joker's real name is, and he's yep. like, what do you mean there's three? Or something like that. Yep. And then they, they, like, he goes, the chair goes, which one? He goes, what do you mean? He goes, the chair goes, it's three. And he's got like this stupid look on his <laughs> face. I'm going to tell you right now, they have to do something really special with this story for me not to hate it, because I hate the <laughs> idea of three Jokers. It's dumb, and I don't like it. Yeah, it could be. It, it could be. It could be. Uh, it could be awesome. It, could it won't be. Terrible. be. It won't There's be. There's no in between. It's not going to be mediocre. It's going to have to. It's either going to be great, or it's going to be the worst thing. It's going to have to be something amazing for me not to hate it, because I'm already going in not liking it. So, and also, it's Scott Snyder, and I'm kind of. Become less of a fan no, it's of not his. Not It's uh, Jeff Johns is writing it. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. That's a little better. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yep. That's a little better at he's least. He's got a really good artist on it. I don't know who's drawing it, but it's got he's got a really good artist on it. Yeah. So already the reading system. I right. said that Jeff Johns is going is writing it, so it went from it went from an empty gauntlet to a one. Barely. Know, yeah. In Derek's eyes. Barely. He's a really good writer. He's been writing those episodes of Star Girl, and those yes. have really been really good. Uh, yes, I know yeah, Jeff Johns is a really good writer, but we're talking about three Jokers here, so he's gonna have to be really good. He's gonna be a, he's gonna have to be on the top of his game here. All right, so there you go, three Jokers. Whatever, we'll see how it is. I'm sure we'll have a review of it, one or all of us, in the future. But in the meantime, just one. One last quick little thing, and uh, that is uh, Transformers crossovers. <laughs> now, oh, God. we know they have done, uh, last year they did a, a crossover with the Ghostbusters, which was interesting. Came out with a cool toy, an Ecto-1 Transformer. Um, now they have... Star Trek. Yes, that's right. They had a Star Trek crossover. That was interesting. Uh, now they have a crossover with the Terminator, which we'll see how that goes. And uh, we do know they recently announced that they're going to be crossing over with Back to the Future 
which will include a toy of the DeLorean, which I'm very excited about. I want to get that. And the comic should be interesting. And uh, cool. I, I so, think... Wait a minute. So, so the Transformers, we're going to get a cool DeLorean toy that transforms, right? Yep. We got a cool Ecto-1 toy that transforms, right? Yep. We don't know if they did an Enterprise. Did they do an they, I don't believe they did, as far as I no. know. That would have been nice. Oh, they, they, that would have been it, awesome. It wasn't Star Trek. Star Trek is Star Trek the morning cartoon. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was a cartoon. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. But it so, still would have I mean, been those fun. Are all, those are all really awesome vehicles that transform into robots. Yeah. They couldn't do anything crazier, could they? No. And I, I think that's all they're doing, as a matter of fact. I don't think there's any more crossovers planned. Um, Wait, I think, I think No, no, I don't. I don't think there yeah, is. Yeah, I, I think, think there is too. No, I don't think there is. I, 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 think I don't. There is. No, uh, I, I'm pretty sure that's it. Something about My Little Pony. No, no, no. That's that's it. Yeah. No. No. My Little Pony. No. I, there's. <laughs> well, there's, he's, he's in step two of denial. Then. No, no, I, I don't, I don't think that. I don't. No, I don't think that's a thing. Really, I think, I think, n- n- no. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> Admit it. Admit it, Derek. Admit it. Yes. There have been talks that there will be a Transformers My Little Pony crossover. Why? I don't know. I don't know who. There's only. I don't even know who would want that. A madman. There's a madman out there. <laughs> I don't. They need a My Little Pony. And I think those bronies that can't get enough. I know, right? I think they're coming out with a My Little Pony with something Transformer-ish on it, but not a transforming My Little Pony. Thankfully, I hope it's a Transformer that's got like a little pony, the little pony stamp (laughs) on it, because you know how. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, so I don't. I don't think we need to uh, hear this prime sunshine. Oh. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that is going to do it for us <laughs> on this episode of the <laughs> monthly comics cast on that note. So um, thank you to the world's greatest sidekick, Paul and the cosmic comic guru Dario for joining me on this episode. Um, stay tuned kids because there's going to be another extended episode part two of the monthly comics cast because we're going to be doing an off the shelf episode and we decided to give that its own episode so stay tuned in the feed for that coming up but in the meantime that will do it for us this evening thank you all for listening stay safe out there everybody be smart you know, be kind to each other and, uh, you know, read some comics. It'll cheer you up. And on that note, I will say good night, everybody. Later, guys. Thank you for your cooperation. To contact the New England Society of Geeks, you can email us at nesogpod at gmail.com. That's N-E-S-O-G-P-O-D at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Nesog Podcast. That's N-E-S-O-G Podcast. Find us on Facebook on our New England Society of Geeks podcast page. 
Follow us on Instagram at NESOGPod. That's N-E-S-O-G pod. Finally, if you could find it in your hearts, we would appreciate it if you could give us a rating or possibly a review on wherever you listen to this podcast. Thank you and good night.